Welcome to HKU's Fight COVID-19 podcast. I'm your host, Karen Zheng. HKU's Fight COVID-19 website showcases the university's efforts in research, learning, and public service to fight against the coronavirus. You can visit us at fightcovid19.hku.hk. Previously, we produced nine live shows and 10 podcast episodes with HKU's experts and professors. They touched upon a variety of issues related to the pandemic, such as how to protect ourselves against the COVID-19 virus, public health policies, physical and mental health, music healing, and the pandemic's impact on the economy, fintech, teaching, and learning. We are slowly emerging from the third wave of the pandemic. But experts have warned that we are not out of the woods yet. As COVID-19 will be with us for a while, we need to stay vigilant and build our resilience. Nature is a great booster for our mental health. So in this pilot episode, we'd like to introduce HKU's backyard hill, Longfusan, to you. Please join us to enjoy the history and natural beauty of Longfusan. Let us think more about human and nature in this special period. Joining me is Angela Chen, Project Officer at Longfusan Environmental Education Center. I invited Angela to collect the sands from Longfusan with me. So we walked up the hill for the collection. Before that, I thought I was familiar with Longfusan because I was a regular jogger there. But her guidance brought me a completely new experience. During the walk, Angela taught me how to feel the mountain and to listen to different kinds of birds singing and the sounds of insects. We also observed the birds and the patterns and movements of butterflies. Welcome, Angela. Thank you for joining our program. Hello, thanks for inviting me. Can you first tell us a bit about the history of Longfusan? In Cantonese, Longfusan means the dragon and tiger hill. Where does this name come from? How is it related to the dragon and tiger? Yeah, it's a very interesting name, right? So we don't really know where and when exactly the name Longfusan came from. Many locations and streets in this area was actually named Belcher, such as the Belcher Street, Belcher Bay, Belcher's Battery, and the Belcher's, which is uh, located right next to Lady Otong Hall. Named after Sir Edward Belcher, the British naval officer who arrived Hong Kong in early in 19, uh, 1841. So Longfushan, then being on top of the Belcher's Battery, was marked as the hill above Belcher's. However, this English name never managed to get into the local circles. There are many stories about why the hill was named Longfushan. One popular story is because Longfushan is made up of two hills, one slightly taller and the other one slightly shorter. 
Naming them after white tiger and green dragon is good for feng shui. Others also said that Longfushan, this name was given by a Chinese journalist who was writing about the hill. But what we are sure of is this Chinese name, Longfushan, only made popular after a murder case that was widely reported by newspapers in the 1970s. Since then, the Chinese name Longfushan outweighs its original English name, Hill Above Belchers, and became the official name on the maps and also the official English name of the area. I did a bit of homework myself. Longfushan was classified as a country park in 1998. It's actually quite late compared to most of the other country parks in Hong Kong, which were named in the 1970s. It's also the smallest country park in Hong Kong. So what's special about Longfushan Country Park? Longfushan was actually a rare case that was only established rather late in the 1998. Before setting it up as a country park, Longfushan was already quite popular among morning hikers. They cultivated land on Longfushan, making it an area full of human activities. Therefore, comparatively, fewer wild animals and plants existed. Many areas were also damaged. So it wasn't because of its ecological significance when the AFCD planned to make it into a country park. Instead, it is because Pokfulam Country Park is made up of two separated lands. Longfushan is in the middle of the two. Making Longfushan a country park helps connect the divided Pokfulam Country Park area and also allows the protected area extend to Aberdeen and Taitam Country Park. Because Longfushan is situated near the urban areas, many morning hikers meet their friends to drink tea and play mahjong. Some would even bring furniture no longer used at home up to the hill, really making themselves a home. But later, the friendly nature changed. Some built temples and charged passerby money. Some also cultivated land without permission, making slopes prone to landslide and putting other hikers in danger. So the government actually compromised a lot. They took down their structures and also moved away their furnitures, but promised to build a pavilion in return at the same place. You may realize there are way more pavilions than other country parks when you visit Longfushan. Some hikers wanted to plant, so the government assigned dedicated areas for their planting. Some were used to chatting over tea with friends. The government then built stoves for them to boil water for making a tea. Very interesting. This seems like a very successful case for the government to balance the hikers' interests and conservation. Longfushan is popular among hikers. I talked to two hikers on a night hike hosted by the Hong Kong Hiking Meetup Group the other day. We started from Admiralty to HKU through the peak and Longfushan. Let's hear what they think about Longfushan. So now we are walking down along Longfushan. Yep. Uh, yeah. Beside me is Rich. Hi. <laughs> Rich is uh, a co-host of uh, Hong Kong Hiking Meetup Group. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I've recently become event host, but I started doing uh, what we call PT, which is uh, the physical training. Uh, we go from Pacific Place 3 to Hong Kong U and we use Longfushan as part of our route. 
I started doing that at the uh, beginning of the year. I've only missed three, possibly four out of all that time. We go Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So we've just gone past um, what, you, what is almost a 180 degree bend. Uh, there's a group of uh, young wild boar that are usually around there. I haven't seen them for the past three or four weeks, so they might have been scared off a bit, but uh, there are a lot of boars here, so it's quite good fun. Um, as we go down, you'll hear some rustling. If it's heavy rustling, it's boars. If it's not so heavy, it may be porcupine, um, and then very occasionally the odd snake. Oh, I love doing uh, Long Fu Shan. Uh, right the way from, say, for example, either Hong Kong Yu or Sai Ying Pun. Yeah, we can come up Coatwell Road, up Hatton Road, and then from there, we have many different routes to do. So I will do Pinewood Battery because of the steps and uh, the historical significance. I will also go round the southern part of Long Fu Shan uh, to uh, uh, go past all of the nurseries, that they have all the plant nurseries there, and uh, join up with the Hong Kong Trail, and um, any combination of those really. And of course, uh, at the top, we've got High West. So I love going up there. Hong Kong has a very good uh, public transport infrastructure. So to get out to Long Fu Shan is very easy. Uh, you can get the buses up uh, to the top of Coatwell Road and uh, start from there, or you can come down from the peak. Uh, there's loads of different uh, routes you can take. So very interesting, very good to see. I would recommend if you're starting to hike that where you can do it in daylight um, rather than nighttime. Uh, but, you know, also experience nighttime. You'll see it completely different by day and by night. And that's, um, you know, that's the great aspect. With Hong Kong, you have to expect uh, at some point you're going to be doing hills. So be prepared to sweat a bit and have some fun. Don't go too hard. Yeah, learn your limits. And then after that, you just enjoy yourself. I'm walking with Pi Li. Uh, he's a hiker, and we are uh, walking along Long Fu Shan. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is uh, Pi Li. Uh, yes, we are walking down the way uh, from Long Fu Shan. How often do you hike in Long Fu Shan? I didn't quite uh, hike frequently uh, in the past, uh, but in the recent three months, I hike a lot. Uh, for Long Fu Shan, I think I nearly hike every week. I live in Wan Chai, so uh, it's uh, pretty close. Uh, sometimes I hike from Wan Chai uh, and uh, uh, go down from Long Fu Shan, but sometimes I uh, go up from Long Fu Shan with some of the friends who live uh, on the west. This route is uh, quite good uh, if you really want to have some combination of uh, good exercise uh, and also beautiful uh, scenery. Uh, I think the slope uh, is uh, uh, appropriate. Uh, so even for beginners, uh, you can hike uh, not so difficult uh, up to the peak. Um, but for those who are experienced, you can also have very good exercise, especially on the hip. Uh, and uh, all, all the way uh, along the roads, uh, you can see the Victoria Bay uh, with all the buildings. Uh, and that's something I really enjoy. Let's come back from Long Fu Shan and continue to explore the hill with Angela. How's Long Fu Shan's biodiversity? It has only 47 hectares. How many species are there? In the past 10 years, we have recorded 144 species of birds, 129 species of butterflies, and also around 40% of the amphibians and reptile species of Hong Kong. So when we look at the species in Long Fu Shan, we may 
divided into different areas, such as diurnal animals, which is active in the day, nocturnal animals active in the night, and those that appear in wet season, like the summer or the spring, or in dry season, like in the winter, are very different. In the summertime, we can see some owls, like the collared scops owl, and also snakes, like the bamboo pit viper. We may look at winter-winged birds in dry seasons. There is a very tiny, pretty blue bird that only comes to Hong Kong in the winter, called a furditor flycatcher. There are quite a few of endangered species we can see here in Longfushan, such as the endangered short-legged toad and the yellow-crested cockatoo. There are also some discovery stories. The HKU Insect Research Group, led by Dr. Benoit, described and named a new species of ants from Hong Kong in 2016, Pravatopula bohemia, also known as golden tree ant. The ant was found by Ying, a research assistant, at Pekshan Path, somewhere really near our center. Ying said she wasn't even on Nongfushan for research. She was just helping with an undergraduate field course and saw a group of golden ants when she was leaving. As ants on Longfushan are usually brown or black, so she knew it was something special. It took a while to confirm their discovery, but they did it. The last new species of ants discovered in Hong Kong was in 2000, and the one before that was in 1928. So discovering a new species of ants is definitely not easy, and the finding was phenomenal. How do you see the relationship between HKU and Longfushan? For many years, Longfushan was the backyard hill of HKU, not only providing a green scenic backdrop for the campus, it is also a classroom and research site for students and researchers. It also provides an easy-to-reach leisure and sporting location for staff and students. They can go on hiking, jogging, or even barbecue. Our center also acts as a bridge between the public and some of the researchers, organizing activities led by scientists from HKU or doing interviews with them. Longfushan Environmental Education Center is jointly established by the Environmental Protection Department and the University of Hong Kong in 2008. Our center, including the exhibition hall and the garden, is open to the public free of charge. We also organize activities such as eco-tours, workshops, special activities such as forest bathing, tree climbing, and yoga. Many picture Hong Kong as a concrete jungle, but you can find many wildlife in our center's garden. You may find frogs, snakes, squirrels, owls, porcupines, and bats. How is your center doing during COVID-19? I guess it's hard to continue with the eco-tours and exhibitions because of the social distancing measures. Our center was closed from January to May and from July again. Activities such as eco-tours and forest bathing are not something that can be replaced by an online alternative easily. So instead, we have written some Facebook posts about documentaries and videos, encouraging people to explore nature while stay home. But we know the pandemic will go on for a while. So we also start to up, uh, explore different options, such as online tours and activities. With me is a lovely book called The Pulse of Nature, Mid-Levels West. 
published by the Longfusan Environmental Education Center. The book is quite interesting. It has two versions with different book covers. The one I got has a spider on it. The other one has a frog. Its content and format is also very diverse. It has a collection of essays, stories, art, photography, postcards, and maps. Here are a few paragraphs from the book that vividly describe the moment when the author encountered a masked palm civet at the center. From this world around us, a year at Longfusan. By Chao Chunxi. I was giving a basic center tour around the grounds to a seven-year-old boy and his mother. I kept hearing thumps, but didn't know what it was. We had just toured the ecology pond when the boy exclaimed, "Ow!" I turned. He was rubbing his head. As a fig fruit bounced away from him, I looked up into the tall fig tree and found an adorable black feline face with a white line running through it, looking back at me. I wasn't sure what it was, but had heard my colleagues talk about the masked palm civet. I quickly pulled my experienced colleagues over. They looked. And were also excited, confirming it was indeed a masked palm civet. Normally only active at night, this civet was out in the late afternoon. It nonchalantly looked at us, then casually found another fig fruit. It bit the fig off the stem, chomped once, and with a p, spit out the pulped fruit. After eating a few more figs. It repositioned itself, its long tail swishing behind its sleek, elegant body, tugging its chin into the crook of its elbow. It gave us a cheeky wink. Since then, I've looked at hundreds of pictures of animals in books and elsewhere, but whenever I see an animal in the wild, this is the moment when I really see the animal, really understand it. As I stand under it, in this case, a picture doesn't show the way it places its paws delicately in front of each other, how it snuggles into its own elbow, the softness of its fur, the quiet alertness of its eyes, how it eats, or where to look for it. As my first introduction to this mountain, there was not a better host who could have said hello. In a more charming way, we know that the COVID-19 pandemic is believed to origin from wildlife, probably bats. How should we treat wildlife species? Let's hear from Angela and Rich. Yeah, we engage people to appreciate Hong Kong's nature, but we definitely do not promote over-interrupting or even eating wildlife animals. We know that there's a research found that bats are carriers of coronavirus. But that doesn't mean all bats or animal carriers you see have coronavirus. To be frank, people should always be aware of the risks when they touch or come close to any wildlife animals, not just bats or not just during the COVID-19. Wild animals, 
might attack when they are scared. Bacteria and viruses might infect or make you ill through the wounds. Maintaining a safe distance when you see an animal. Do not touch them unless it's really, really necessary. Do suitable protective measures if you have to come in contact with them. If you find a trapped, injured animal or an animal corpse, call the professionals, such as SPCA, Kadori Farm, or the government hotline 1823 for help. People have been compelled to stay home for a long period of time due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Many of them started to hike more. It's a great chance for them to start learning how to appreciate nature. That's where our center comes into play. Last but not least, stay safe and leave no trace on the countryside. Do you have any advice or tips for how to treat animals? Yeah, you just have a healthy respect for them. I mean, you've just got to think, you know, if, um, if you're going into somebody else's garden, you don't go up and start touching everything and doing that sort of stuff. So keep your distance, have a healthy respect, take some photos so you can show family and friends and uh, just generally enjoy the wildlife that's around. You will find that the boars here are um, fairly friendly, but I still wouldn't go and sort of like start petting them and that. The porcupines will tend to disappear. So if you use uh, torches or are quite noisy, you're less likely to see them. Um, of course, with the snakes, they can feel the vibration. So you very rarely will see them. And especially at nighttime, uh, we're now into September. So it's too cold for them. Uh, you're not likely to see them at night. The center just reopened on September 15th. You can visit its website, longfushan.hku.hk, or its Facebook or Instagram for more information about the center and Longfushan. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day. <laughs>